92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Thanks for taking the time to do this today. Appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about the... uh, new album that you have out, um, Love is an Army. Um, I, I'm interested in knowing about the confidence in your conviction. It can be felt and heard through the music. Mm. And I was wondering what Thank currently feels, fuels that conviction for you. What seals that conviction for me is the fact that, um, and thanks for asking about it. Here's the album, just FYI. Woo-hoo. Um, really is a combination of things. It seems to the music, the new music seems to really be resonating with people, you know, and I watch for that. I watch for the connection. And if I'm actually making the connection with the music, if it's, if other people are feeling it in their hearts or in their minds and, and, um, so I'm witnessing that response. So that really seals my conviction with it, along with the fact that it's very clear. It's very clear that um, we are hurting in the world and that there's a lot of conflict and that there's a lot of people that are very upset. There's a lot of pain. You know, half the album for the, um, for the viewers that don't know um, is protest material. And when I say protest material, I mean that in the sense that some of it is um, songs that are songs of empowerment and encouragement. And some of it is flat out, you know, stand up, speak up, type it out, write it out, sing it out, shout it out, be heard. We need to have our voices heard. And in order for us to be heard, we have to stand up. It's time. It's really, really time. Um, you feel like now is the time to take control back from those in positions of authority that are misusing their power? I think there's a lot of abuse of power. Um, it's not just this country. It is apparent in the world. If you, if you get a view of what's happening around the world, um, very similar kind of upset, very, a lot of disruption, uh, a lot of people in nations around the world taking to the streets saying, wait a minute, what are you doing? No, 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 no. You do not represent the people. You do not represent the people of this city, state, county, nation, you know? Um, And it is important uh, to speak up and to stand up to that. And in some cases to resist. I know that word makes people nervous sometimes. I get it. But, uh, you know, one of the songs, several of the songs speak to that. In fact, one, uh, you know, um, in particular that speaks to that exactly, uh, you know, I'm not going to cry when I should be fighting. I'm not going to run when I need to be strong. I'm not going to hide when I see what's coming because it's been coming for so long. Um, that's part of the lyric on one of the protest tunes. And I, you know, I feel that. I say those words. I speak those words. I sing those words. I get chills. Other people are having the same reaction. 
that seals the deal for me because then I know um, I'm doing my job. And in line with that, you recently marched in the Los Angeles Women's March, right? Right. Um, yeah. Could you d- describe that experience? Uh, profound in a way that um, was very unifying, very beautiful. There were over 600, just in Los Angeles alone, uh, over 600,000 wow. people marching. It wasn't all women. It was women, men, children, families, mm-hmm. all kinds of folks. Um, and there were no incidents there were no arrests. There was no violence. There was only uh, unity and strength and joy in the fact that we were so unified, you know, um, very empowering. Now, I've experienced that before. Let me just tell you that. Let me share, let me share with you and, sure. and uh, the folks that are tuned in here to Diddy TV. Um, I am old enough to have seen this kind of social unrest before. Uh, I was a young kid then, but I was at the front of those lines too then because, you know, I have always felt so strongly about the need for people to stand up and speak up. Um, I think I've demonstrated that in the latter part of my life, but uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when we can come together. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it was wonderful. It was magnificent and it was very peaceful. So, you're known as a fighter and a spokesperson and have been for a long time. And one example of your work that you've done is with Casey Family Programs. Right. I was, I was wondering if you could tell me about the work they do and how you got involved there. Right. So I was honored with the, I was being, I got asked by the folks at Casey Family Programs to stand up for youth at risk uh, in this country. Some of the most vulnerable children in this nation are youth at risk, um, frequently known as young people, children in the foster care system. I'm alumni of foster care. That's what we call it now. When I was in the system, we didn't have that term for it. We didn't, in fact, even talk about it because why would you want to talk about that? You didn't. You just shut your pie hole. But today, it's a different story. And um, I proudly say that I'm alumni of foster care. I proudly stand as a spokesperson for National Foster Care Month, which is the month of May, but we, you know, I celebrate it all year long. Uh, I also stand as an ambassador for Child Welfare League of America and um, Foster Care Alumni of America. Um, there are well over uh, half a million alumni of foster care in this nation, and um, that's, you know, that's a really big family. It is. It's a beautiful thing. It's a huge honor. It's a daunting responsibility. My father, who has passed away now, worked in the foster mm-hmm. care system for years back in the 70s. And so I, I really appreciate yeah. you taking time and putting effort into that. It's really important. Well, it's, uh, it's very important, uh, again, to stand up for someone else, you know. Having Bob Dylan uh, said it uh, one of the best ways possible is, you know, you're going to have to serve somebody. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to serve somebody. Yeah. So the idea behind love is an army. Could you explain what that message is and, and how you convey love on the album? You know, love in my experience so far has so many facets, so many ways of manifesting. Sometimes it's as simple as, 
helping someone cross the street or helping someone get on the city bus and they're having a hard time getting up the stairs, giving up your seat for someone who can't stand quite as well as you can, as I can, or isn't quite as strong as I am. Um, it also manifests in, as we've already talked about, standing up for youth at risk, standing up for somebody. Um, my life, uh, I've had a lot of experience with the army of love, what I think of as the army of love. An army can be two people. It really can be two. It can be 20. It can be 2,000. Or as is the case we just talked about at the Women's March, 600,000 plus uh, people unified together in a, in a, with a focus on helping each other, with a focus on uh, standing up for each other. Um, you know, uh, I can name on one hand, that's five fingers as we count them, um, the number of people that stood up for me when I was in foster care. That I recognize today was my personal army. You know, I want to, you know, the point to the album is to, is to speak out and stand up. It is to encourage and inspire other people to do the same thing. You know, whether that's through your own uh, blog, through your social media sites, through your relationships with your family, through your relationships with your neighbor. I hope I'm not being too uh, uh, vague when I'm talking about this, because it's all, you know, those are the kinds of relationships. Those are the kinds of actions. And it turns out that love is an action. I can feel all kinds of love for, for you, for example, if I, if I want to, but if I don't put that into action somehow, um, it may never be known. If I don't take the risk, if I don't take the risk to take the action, it may never uh, manifest. And how sad is that? It's terribly sad. It to me, it is, you know. Um, so love as an army can be two people, 20, 2,000, 200,000. Um, I've experienced all of those things so far in my life. And um, it's a wonderful thing. It's a healing thing. It's an uplifting thing. It's a very important thing. We already know there is great strength in numbers. Yeah. And you assembled a bit of an army to work on this album. <laughs> Amongst yeah. those people was Delbert McClinton and Rusty Young, Charlie Musselwhite, Cedric Burnside, a really yeah. great crew, um, a really amazing cast of people. And uh, I wondered if you could tell me you know, the experiences that you shared with those people. You know, it was uh, it was so wonderful to be able to have guests on this album. It's the first album that I've had, like, this laundry list of amazing, gee, I wish someday I could get, you know, to do something with Cedric Burnside. Gee, I wish someday, you know, maybe someday I'll get to do something with Charlie Musselwhite. Or, wow, how wild is that? What about the idea of Rusty Young? Right? right. Um, so it was really more of a wish list, you know, sometimes just putting uh, that out there, you know, manifest, putting that into action, you know, your wish list. look at that, you know? Yeah. You know, you hear, you hear it said a lot and I really believe it to my core. If you don't ask, the answer's going to be no. Yeah. 
So why not ask? <laughs> why not ask? Kindly, respectfully, but ask. What have I got to lose? That would be zero. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm kind of all in, hands and feet kind of gal anyway. So, so yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful. Um, also, the, the rhythm section, you know, uh, Stephen Hodges on drums, who had been in my band many, many years ago um, uh, when I first came to L.A. and then went on to do several other things. And now for the last 11 plus years, I think it is, he's been with Mavis Staples. Um, Davey Farragher, who's a brilliant bass player, uh, my, my producer Dave Darling brought him into the, into the fold for this record. And, you know, Davey uh, uh, plays with Elvis Costello and a whole, like, talk about a super laundry list of, of players. Um, Arlen Shirebaum, who's on Hammond and, and piano keys, um, uh, who's a dear friend and has pl played on several of my records. And he's a total rock star in his own right on the Hammond. And uh, Doug Livingston, who's a pedal steel player as well, plays all over it, along with Rusty Young on one of the tracks. Um, uh, you know, Phil Parla piano, Dave Darling singing and playing guitar backing vocals, uh, you know, a pile of us, uh, including Alfredo Ballesteros, Kudasai Khan, I'm going to say her name wrong, hang on, Kudasan Kai, who happens to have this other gig singing with Chaka Khan. Oh, wow. Just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> so those, like, super high dog notes in the background, that's her. Wow. That's her. How did you get connected with Dave Darling and, and what keeps that relationship going for you so well? Wow. Dave and I have been friends a long time. He was someone that I met when I first moved to L.A. I'd been out here about a year. I had another. We had a mutual friend, uh, Brian Reeves, who was a producer engineer. We were trying to write some songs. I, Brian and I were trying to write songs together and and it just wasn't really going anywhere. It wasn't it wasn't gelling. It wasn't taken off. And. And um, so Brian goes, yeah, let me introduce you to this friend of mine. You guys might hit it off. He's kind of he's kind of rough and tumble like you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's kind of a slugger like you. And I was like, OK, cool. So we met back in, I think, 88 or 89. And um, we wrote a little bit together then, but uh you know, the, the universe has this funny way of sort of connecting and then reconnecting people mm -hmm. different times in our life. And um, when I got the deal, so we became friends and, you know, I'd see him here. He'd come to my gig. I'd go to his gig. He had this great band at the time later in the 80s called Boxing Gandhis. And that was a killer band, um, you know, heavily influenced by the uh, Sly and the Family Stone kind of a thing. Yeah. Super funky, super just badass i can say that right yeah and um then and then he married a girlfriend of mine what he married uh brie howard at the time her last name was howard and uh so that was all super cool and then when i got the alligator deal i called him up and i went dude uh, i uh i would really like to know if i could talk to you about producing some records for me and he's not really known he you know as a blues producer, but he is he and I get along really well. So you know we did the first alligator record together, and then we did the second one, and then we did the third one, and then we did original together, and then now we've done you know 
this is the third release for Blue Alon and my 14th album. And um, I trust him a lot. And that is uh, such a gift. Because there are songs, I was, I was doing an interview actually earlier today, this is a, this is double for me today. Um, Working overtime. That's okay, it's not, you know, it's just quality stuff, right? Um, a couple of these songs on the album, I didn't want to do them. So let, I'm speaking to the element of trust here in this relationship. I didn't want to do these songs. I didn't want to record some kind of love. I was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. I don't know, I don't want to do it. And I was, I was kind of whiny about it. Uh, and then, um, you know, anyway, a couple of the other tunes and, and Dave was like, no, we got to do these songs. We got to do, we got to do, uh, some kind of love. We have to do that. We have to do, you know, when it rains, we have to do that song. And I was like, I just, you know, whining, whining. And he goes, no, we got to do it. Fine. I trust him. So it's like closing your eyes. And letting someone take you by the hand and walk you for a while through a room. And I trust him enough to do that. And, you know, um, it's a good thing. It's just, it's just damn lucky. You know, now I love those songs, but I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it at the time. On and on, the track that Rusty Young played on. I didn't want to do that song either. I was like, oh, man, it's just not me, you know. I'm not like, Ugh. And and he was uh, saying, no, we we really need to do this, and we're going to put Rusty Young on it. And I was going, I, you know, Rusty's great, but, I mean, he's brilliant. It's a huge honor, but I kind of don't hear it. And he goes, that's okay, I do. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to do. But there's that much trust there, you know, in other words. That was long-winded, sorry. That's okay. So Blue Elon Records, you work with these guys. Um, what's that like, and how did you get connected with them? Um, I had a friend, her name was Cindy Alexander, and she had a friend, Kirk Passage, um, who had been talking for a little while about starting a label. And um, But before that dialogue about the label, I had spoken with Kirk because we have something uh, deeply in common, which is the um, heart's desire to stand up for youth at risk. Kirk is very involved in that. He's a pretty successful attorney in the LA area. Well, internationally really, but he lives here in LA. And, um, so we had kind of become friends and acquaintances through the foster care concerns and issues. Mm -hmm. And, um, then, um, Dave called me up one day and he was also Cindy Alexander's producer and said, well, um, we might be able to do some records for you with Blue Elan. And I was like, really? Because I was completely fully independent at that point And I wasn't sure where the next record was coming from other than, you know, the pennies in my pocket. And I mean that literally. <laughs> and um, so Dave uh, said, yeah, there's this guy, his name is Kirk Passage. And I was like, oh, God, I know Kirk. What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I started the label. So that's how that happened. And then and then Kirk offered me um, a deal. And I said, yes. And it's pretty cool. Um, there's a heavy focus on collaboration. It's a small <clears throat> label. That's good. Small is good. Indie is good. Um, but they kind of have a big hammer. They've got a really solid small staff, but solid. Um, you know, and they're willing to they're willing to go on the ropes for their artists. And, and 
I really appreciate that. You know? It's cool that they allow you to work within, you know, the Americana genre and sort of morph around and pursue different kinds of sounds, which this album seems to be doing. Uh, specifically on the song Down Below, I was really enjoying yeah. the, the dobro guitar work on that and the hand clapping. And I was wondering what the inspiration for that shift in sound was for you. It's kind of a it's kind of a uh, evolution for me. You know, the other thing, it just let me just put a, a, a one last sentence on working with Blue Alon is sure. that they're interested in what the artist wants to do mm -hmm. rather than than holding the reins in that regard and saying, you can only stay in this confine right here. And if you can't, you can't leave that area. This is your area. You're really good at that area. We love that about you, but don't go over here. Nope. Right. You got to stay here. They won't do that. And um, that's important to me that, you know, first of all, nobody's been the boss of me since I was about 13. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm 61. I turned, I just turned 61. So happy birthday, you know, by the way. Thanks, man. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Celebrating on Diddy. Um, so that's really important to me. Um, and it's kind of um, an evolution, I guess you could say. Um, you will pry the Memphis Mini. Kansas Joe McCoy vinyl and Howlin' Wolf records and Parchment Farm songs, which I have in vinyl in the other room. I could show you the vinyl covers. Um, you'll pry those vinyl albums out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> That's when you'll get to take that stuff away from me, maybe. But I'm also interested in forward motion. I'm also interested in never making the same record twice. So there has been a there has been a continuum for me uh, creatively, especially um, accelerated by starting to participate more in songwriting, which started with the last Alligator re release. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's just where my heart leads me. It's just where my mind is going. Um, I love the, the broad scope of the idea of American roots music mm -hmm. because it encompasses a lot more um, as a broader scope. It encompasses lots of elements of different styles of American-based roots music, including blues, including soul. It is much more of an inclusive, uh, bigger umbrella than an exclusive, narrow thing. And I really dig yeah. that. I really dig that. I want to be able to um, serve the songs. And if that's what comes through me, and I feel like the songs kind of come through me, I don't think they come from me. Uh, then I want to be able to serve that and not go, you can't write that. Right. No, you can't write that either. It's, it's, it doesn't go well for me. People slapping my hand doesn't, doesn't work. So I'm interested in uh, Love to a Gunfight. The imagery behind that song is really great. And I'm wondering if there will be a music video to accompany that at any point. Let's hope so. Yeah. We're, we're working on a video right now. There were, I know that the label's working. We're working on some lyric videos, which are pretty cool things. Um, but we're also working on um, 
a video for the title track titled Love is an Army. Um, Love to a Gunfight would be a blast to yeah. do, um, would be a blast to do a video for. I would I, love I that. I think so. That'd be a good yeah. one. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll make sure that they uh, understand where your vote lies. Yeah. So in thinking about your blues background, uh, who are some of your favorite artists? You mentioned Howlin' Wolf and Memphis Mini. Who are some other ones? Memphis Mini, Kansas, Joe McCoy. I'm looking at a beautiful um, um, print of Memphis Mini that, that hangs in my office. Uh, I'm looking at another uh, autographed poster from the early 80s of Little Milton. Mm. Little Milton. Um, you're looking at pictures up there behind me. You can see my autograph, personally autographed um, press photo of Denise LaSalle, who recently just passed, um, which is, um, I probably shouldn't talk about it because it's hard. Um, who else is back up there? Kid Ramos is up there right above my head, although you can't tell that that's him. That's Billy Holiday. Um, that's me and uh, Zach Zunas, I think. Um, that's me and a friend from Phoenix. But um, in terms of recording artists, um, dead and alive, it's kind of a long list. It's a long, long list. Sure. Right now, I'm pretty into um, I'm pretty into Paul Thorne. Yeah. But you know, he's such a crazy writer. He's so talented and he's so great live. He's very funny. Funny is important. Has music always been your focus? Or did you ever work routine jobs outside of music? Always. The answer to both of those things is almost always. Um, Simultaneously pursuing music while working other jobs. Absolutely, because um, as it turns out, um, unless I wanted to be a pop star, I never wanted to be a pop star. Mm -hmm. I never really wanted to be a star. I just wanted to sing. Uh, my desire my glorious obsession um my um need to be in and around music uh drinking it eating it sleeping it uh surrounded by it uh, music musicians uh the whole thing um has always been there since i was like a young girl but uh the drive to sing um, probably started when I was about 19 where I started to actually try to sort of you know <laughs> kind of stumble through the doorway I, I've never been very graceful about it, about <laughs> it. it's always like bunk, kind of like entering the room like Lucy Ricardo or something you know <laughs> tripping and falling a lot yeah. and I do that still to this day I trip and fall a lot um sort of fumbling towards the, towards the threshold, you know, um, is how I think of myself. And uh, Bill Wax, uh, who was on XM Sirius Bluesville for many, many, many years, B.B. Uh, King's Bluesville dubbed me the Lucy Ricardo of the blues, and he was right <laughs> about that. Um, it's always been something that I've loved and always been such a deep connection there for me. And I didn't come to understand what that was about until many, many, many years later. But um, the drive to to perform and to sing and to be on that part of the on that part of the experience in that part of the experience has probably been with me since I was about nineteen. 
So whether you were pursuing the spotlight or not, it kind of found you. And in 2016, you were nominated for a Grammy Award for your album Love Wins Again. Yeah. Was that an expected honor or unexpected? And how did it affect your career? It totally shocked me. Yeah. It totally shocked me. I knew that there were efforts being made in that direction in terms of creating better um, uh, name recognition, um, in the within the voting members of the recording academy all of that stuff i mean there were there were things that were happening there were efforts that were being made but but the bottom line is do i ever expect to win and the answer is no i don't i don't have that whatever that part is whatever that chip is that gets installed in people's head that go yeah you know like all that the bag of chips i don't have that yeah. i have other stuff but that's not that's not a piece of my hardwire. So yeah, shocking to me in the best way possible. I never thought that my name would be associated with Grammy nominated. Mm -hmm. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't imagining it. You know, I was not imagining it. And, uh, I think that makes it all the sweeter, quite frankly. I do. I think it makes it all the, the more lovely. And um, all, all the more frightening. Yeah. It's kind of frightening. <laughs> Not bad frightening, but it's kind of frightening. Very similarly with the um, other accolades that have come my way. Like in the, the Blues last... Music Awards and some of those. Like, to, I just want to go like, dude, what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, again, it's not bad. It's not even, not a complaint at all, but it is... Um, the best kind of surprise ever. Yeah. You know? So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I, I feel like, um, at this point at, at album number 14, at this point in my career, like I said, I'm 61. I just turned 61. Woo. -hoo! Um, that I, uh, I'm in a pretty sweet place internally and, and I love the writing it's wonderful and brutal all at the same time. Um, Dave Darling explained, well, somebody asked him one time what it's like to write songs, and he said, yeah, it's just like this. I take a blank piece of paper and I put it on my desk, and then I just stare down at it until blood comes out of my forehead. <laughs> and, then, and then it drips on there, and then I look at it like a Rorschach test. You know what I mean? Like I try to read it like, what's that mean? You know, yeah. wait, there's three more drops over there. What's that mean? And um, it's kind of like that for me. Um, is my life perfect? Far from it. Um, do I love what I do and believe it to be a blessing? Yes. And yes. Uh, um, it's gotten weirder with the onset of the age of streaming and downloads. It's gotten very interesting and very strange um uh you know yet i'm grateful for the music you know the business end of it's gotten weird but the music end of it the craft end of it still the people the people the connection thing the musicians the audience the fans it's all incredibly beautiful yeah hopefully that side never changes digits for that digits yeah. for that this is your 14th album love is an army Congratulations. Um, are you already thinking about the next album? Or are you going to let this one no. ride for a while? <laughs> no. 
not thinking about the next album at all. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Don't God, don't give anybody any ideas yet, man. Yeah. Me, like we're going to start touring very soon. We uh, the record yeah. comes out if I can can I date us here? Yeah, you know, tell us a little bit about Somewhat. where we can find that, when it's going to be out and everything. Where cool. people can so find it, you on the road. Woohoo. The record comes out February 23rd of this year. This year, um we're doing a series of CD release uh, shows in and around the L.A. area, McCabe's Guitar Store, uh, the library in uh, downtown L.A., which is pretty also. Both of those are very exciting. McCabe's is a historic venue. The library downtown, nothing to, you know, nothing to sneeze at. Pretty big deal. Um, and then taking off and going on tour, going to the Pacific Northwest. It appears that I'm doing, like, Check this out. I'm doing South by Southwest this year. Like, yeah. What? Chukong. That's been on my, I want to do that for so long. <sighs> it's been on that list for so long. I just took it off the list a couple years ago. I just like scratched it off. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're not doing South by Southwest. Those people don't want to hear from you. Boink. This year. <laughs> Hello, Jennifer Magnus. Would you like to do two, maybe three shows at South by Southwest? I'm like, yeah <laughs> yeah antones and thread gills nice right so people can find you there yeah and um they can find me if they go to janivamagnus.com j-a-n-i-v-a-m-a-g-n-e-s-s.com uh there's always a tour schedule there you'll see where i am if you sign up on my email list i'll send you a private email um every once in a while i might do six or eight of them a year it's not a lot telling you all the news update and we're we're going to be on tour um i know my you know the booking is the agents working on stuff continually and we're all the way up through into november right now for for tour dates so that's pretty exciting and um you can get the cd at janivamagnus.com you can get the cd at blue elon b-l-u-e-e-l-a-n two e's in the middle there b-l-u-e-e-l-a-n dot com slash store plus and amazon and itunes and all those other places but let's talk about the blue elon site for a second because this is important first of all um what's happening is that uh there's some special bundle packages so if you buy the cd and and then you do another click then you can get cd and a set of dog tags so you can be in the official army of love. Um, then there's the CD and the dog tags and this really cool um, vintage military jacket with some really excellent patches on it. There's like a bunch of different things. There's some signed photos. There's all these different bundles, and that's all available at BlueAlon.com. Plus, if you pre-order it, if you order it before the street date, all those numbers, this is important super important for independent artists all those numbers get shoved into the first week of sales and first week of sales for an independent artist like me um, can make or break uh, the year for touring because we use those numbers as something to help market um, and recognize how the CD is doing and how well it's selling and 
um, how the music is connecting with other people and resonating. So it's like if we debut, so you see these things, you go like, you know, Walter Trout debuts at a brand new record at number one. It's like, how could he be number one when the record came out yesterday? Well, that's how. Yeah. It's all the pre-orders that get shoved into the first week of sales. So there's a little mini lecture on the business of music. Sorry about that. It's important to hear. But it's important for independent artists like myself um, to get those pre-order numbers happening um, while you can actually still buy your music. Excellent. Well, you can. I have a feeling you'll be doing really well, so I'm looking forward Thanks, to getting Thank that you. out there. I've been able Thank to listen you. to it. It's excellent. Everyone out Thank there should you. get a hold of it and definitely listen all the way through, top to bottom. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, you know what? And again, I got nominated for a Blues Music Award this year, speaking of Memphis, Tennessee. So I'm hoping to see everybody in Memphis. And in when's May. that? In May. Yeah, that's in the early part of May okay. uh, for the Blues Music Awards. Very cool. So, and if you're voting, I think voting is still happening, but I'm not sure when this segment's going to air. So, blues.org, baby. That's where it's at. Very cool. Well, thank you, Janova. I really appreciate you, you taking the time to do this today. I appreciate it, too. My hair is like doing this frizzy thing back here. Have you, have you, has it been bothering you? I'm not bothered, no. Because it's been bothering me. <laughs> You're fine. Don't worry about it. Thanks, man. All right. All Appreciate right. it so much. Diddy TV, y'all. Diddy TV. Cheers. Thank you, Janova. Bye. Bye. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess. For elite athletes only right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar... You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.